Why do we struggle so much to consistently live the Christian life? It seems to be either a constant struggle or a sporadic sprint with long periods of stagnancy in between. Is that really all there is? Well, that's kind of the question that we address today. Welcome to Run With Horses. My name is Norman and my goal is to help you thrive as a follower of Jesus. You know, none of us live life perfectly, but if Jesus is at the center of our relationships and all of our life, we definitely live life better. I don't think life has to be this drudgery or a mad dash. God is the God of patience and joy. If we delight in Him, the slow times are sweeter and the periods of busyness are under His control. The question is, how do we do that? How do we actually live out a life that is devoted to Him and still move forward with day-to-day responsibilities to our family and our community without running ourselves ragged? Well, I don't know about you. It does definitely seems that often life is one or the other, that we're either in constant motion and struggling to get from one task to the other one, or it seems like nothing's happening. We're just stuck. Uh, either one of those can be a real problem in life. And in thinking about it, there really are a couple of different challenges that we face. One of them is long periods of slow progress. You know, we can get really discouraged because we don't see the progress that we had hoped to see. We can put in some effort and expect to see results quickly, but it often takes time, particularly when we're looking for lasting change. You know, lasting change is something that takes time. It's kind of like you can put up a tent, and that can be quick. Uh, The tent goes up quick, but it also is not permanent. It's very temporary. You can build a house out of wood. It's much more structurally sound. It takes longer than putting up a tent. You put up a log cabin. But it still has weaknesses if you compare it to something like a castle made out of stone and rock. But that castle takes longer to build, but they also last for generations. Some castles have existed for hundreds of years. So real quality often takes time. And I think our spiritual life is much like that. We would like to put up a tent and go, wow, I'm doing great in my spiritual life. I have a shelter, I have a good, solid spiritual life that I can enjoy, but it's a tent when we really should be shooting for a castle. Um, It takes time, and impatience can cause us to outrun or try to outrun God's work in our life. You know, God's doing something, but the Holy Spirit needs access to our life over time. It is this process. It's progress over time. It is something that takes effort. So slow progress really can cause us to get impatient and maybe want to quit or try to do it ourselves, either of which is not really what we're hoping for. Another problem that we can often face is that life changes. And that's not necessarily the changes that we're trying to work out in our life, but just our situation is always shifting. So we're forced to figure out what exactly do I need to be doing today? What, what does today require from me? 
because it requires different efforts on different days in different areas, it can often feel like we're trying to hit a moving target, which can be a challenge. So what happens when we have a life that's constantly shifting, it seems like there's a storm around us all the time, that spiritual concerns can be moved aside for whatever feels most urgent today. And honestly, there are things that are urgent. There are things that require immediate attention. But over the long haul, we can't continually allow the tyranny of the urgent to to shove aside the things that are more important. You know, we have faced this recently in our life as we've moved back to the United States to care for my mother-in-law. And now just recently she fell and broke her hip. Okay, well, taking care of her in that couple of days was definitely urgent. But the urgent can't take care of, can't replace all of our spiritual life. And now for my wife, one of the struggles then is we've, we've learned we're called the sandwich generation, that we have a grandma to care for, and there is some urgency there. She figures out care in the short run, but we still have kids at home. So they require some amount of care and they're moving forward. So to figure out in the midst of situation that's changing day to day the things that are urgent may change but those eternal values don't change so how do we evaluate those things so that actually leads us to the next thing that can be a a struggle we have various priorities and they can be pressing well we all have things that are important that require our time and energy and it can be overwhelming when we feel like so many things require so much effort so much time so much energy whether it's finances or health concerns or relationships they can all give us headaches and what happens is yes we're in the middle of this life where our situation is changing but our priorities are often not clear so we allow those shifting situations to drive our priorities they set our priorities for us rather than being able to step back and take that even just short amount of time to process to pray to look to god and say god in the midst of the storm what are you doing where are you working and where is the place where i need to spend my time and my energy If we don't have that time, if we don't take that time to process, what we can find is that we've spent a lot of time and energy on something that doesn't have eternal value and maybe even in the short run wasn't as important as it seemed just in the moment. So pressing priorities from different people, from different places can cause us, I think even just to be confused, we're not clear on where we should spend our effort because we have these voices that are calling for us to spend time here, spend energy there, spend money there. And if we don't have a clear hierarchy of priorities, we are just pulled to whichever one has the loudest voice, which is not usually going to be healthy for us, particularly over time. So we need clear priorities. The, the last thing, you know, looking at, at four things that are, are kind of challenges as we think about what it means to to do life well, not to be stuck in slow motion, but also not to be running full out. Well, we have 
the times of slow progress. We also have the times of chaos where life constantly changes and where priorities are not clear, even whether it's slow or, or quick situations. Uh, we often are not clear on priorities, so we struggle. And then the last one we look at is we can often face opposition, whether it's from family or from friends, even people in your church. If they don't share your priorities or if they don't understand your priorities, you can have people that you love and care for and whose opinion you respect that may criticize your choices. And maybe it's because they don't see the big picture. Uh, Maybe it's because you're making poor choices. But you can face opposition, which can be done in a way that's not helpful. It can be done in a way that's helpful. And what we, what we want, ideally, is to have people around us who we love and respect and we trust. And they're able to come to us and say, you know, are your priorities, are your choices uh, reflecting your values and who you really are and who God really is making you to be? If that person who is questioning our choices is really trying to help us and point us toward, yeah, that can be a helpful thing. It can cause us to stop in the midst of chaos and say, well, wait a minute, what's really important here? Or it can cause us to look in the middle of this long, slow period where it seems like nothing is happening to say, should I be putting some effort into something now that I have time? So we need voices that are are healthy like that. But too often we have people that we allow to speak into our lives who don't understand our values and priorities. So they're, they're just criticizing us because they would do it differently. Okay, that's not necessarily something we should be concerned about. We need to be concerned about how God intends for us to live. So those four things really can make us <laughs> either run from chaos to chaos, from trouble to trouble, or feel like we're just stuck in the mud. So slow progress, constant change, pressing our unclear priorities, and opposition. So then the question really becomes, what do we do? How do we handle these challenges of life in a way that's glorifying to God, that helps us to make uh, progress, but we don't want to run ahead of God. We don't want to be stagnant either. I think one thing that's helpful and that I know that at least in my life, it's been good for me to keep the focus on steady growth. You know, there are times when you grow really quickly. There are times when you grow slowly. But I want to keep making choices and evaluate my choices based on is this going to help me grow or not. You know, I've talked to people who are looking at maybe a job. One way that you can evaluate that job is to say, if I take this job, is it going to help me or hinder me? in my walk with Christ, in my ability to follow Him, in my relationship with the church? Am I going to be supported in that walk with Christ? Or is this going to make it harder for me to live out the life of a disciple? And if we ask those questions, then even if we answer them wrong, at least we're asking the right questions. And sometimes we just don't ask those questions, so then it's really hard to answer them correctly. So your spiritual journey takes a lifetime. You know, that's important for us to understand. It's not a, a sprint and you're done. It is this long process. And I think it's healthy to consider that in my life, I do want to grow. I want to grow as quickly as I can, but I want to grow steadily. Uh, sometimes quick growth can be unhealthy growth. We see this 
you know, my background is in, in horticulture with plants. And you see a plant that grows too quickly can often be unhealthy. It can, ha- it can be spindly. It can be weak. The stem uh, can be weak and not able to support the later fruit that is to come. Well, I think spiritually we can have that. We, we sprint in one area maybe and sprint ahead of, of solid spiritual growth. So we want to grow steady and, and consistently and kind of in a balanced way. Consider all the different areas of your spiritual life and am I, am I really putting effort to grow and be a balanced, healthy follower of Christ. So we're committing to the long haul. And understanding that what I'm doing, the choices I'm making, are going to help me bear fruit in the long run. So when you think about that life, whether your life is in the middle of a slow section where it feels like you're on this slog through quickstand, or you feel like you're blazing through and just everything is chaotic, either way, if we focus on how do I grow in this situation and focus on spiritual fruit, I think spiritual fruit really uh, focusing on spiritual fruit will take us through just about any trouble because that's really what God is working out in our life. And you consider uh, Galatians 5.22 and you understand that not only is spiritual fruit a goal, bearing spiritual fruit helps you to handle the situation. You know, Galatians 5.22-24 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So you can see, just looking at those, that they're going to be helpful if you're struggling with maybe chaos. Well, self-control and long-suffering are going to help you. Being faithful, uh, those things are going to help you to evaluate uh, your choices, having that love, joy, and peace, that's part of where your, your foundation will come from. You, the world may be chaotic around you. You may be in the middle of a storm, but the fruit of the Spirit produces peace in your life. Joy and peace in the middle of the storm. I mean, that's really what I want. I think that's what most of us want. And sometimes the issue is that we're pursuing joy and peace themselves not as the fruit of our spiritual growth, the fruit of the Spirit, where I think it's healthier if we look at our life and say, I'm pursuing Jesus, I'm following Him, I want to produce spiritual fruit in my life, I want to produce spiritual benefit and things that have value eternally, and as we pursue that, then the fruit of the Spirit is a natural thing, the joy, the peace, uh, are a more natural result of this life that is spent pursuing Christ. So we benefit as we pursue Christ and bear fruit. Oh, what that means is we don't have to worry about going slow. God is in control. Uh, the things that are happening in your life, most of them are beyond your control. Right? You, you have things every day that you can control, and that's really where we primarily spend our effort as stewards. God has given you stewardship of different things in your life. Well, how are you doing in those choices? But so much of your life is beyond your control, and if you're in a slow season, there may not be anything you can do to speed that up. So don't worry about going slow. Keep putting consistent effort into your spiritual life, and you will see progress over time. And often in the midst of chaos, 
it's the same kind of problem. Things are so chaotic, we're not putting any effort into our spiritual life, where if you can be consistent in putting a little bit of effort into your spiritual life throughout the chaos, you will see progress over time. Um, So don't worry about slow progress. Be concerned about no progress. (laughs) Continually put Christ first, pursue Him, and trust Him with the results. Part of that, looking at the fruit of the Spirit and how God is working to grow us and, and make us more like Christ, is to recognize that God uses these challenges in our life. Learn to embrace the challenge that God brings you. It is often through these challenges that God changes you. You know, if you face no challenge, you really struggle to grow. You have more opportunities to grow through a good, healthy challenge than you do when everything is going well. When everything's going perfectly, it's easy not to think a whole lot about your spiritual life. But when, when there's a struggle, when you feel like, ah, things are out of my control, or you feel like, ah, I just I don't know what to do, nothing's happening, when you feel that unease, it's a good time, it's a good reminder to look to God. Say, what are you doing? Look for, intentionally look for the lesson. God uses your trials. God uses, I think sometimes, even those times that seem like drudgery where it's just boredom, one foot in front of the other, I'm walking through quicksand. Look for the lesson. Look for the the things that God's teaching you in that time, whether it's chaos or the long marathon march. Either way, God is able to use that trial in your life to do something, and He is doing something very intentional. He's growing you into the image of Christ. He's preparing you to be like Jesus and to be the one part of His family, this church, that He can fellowship with throughout eternity. So sometimes we're so distracted by the problem that we don't see it as a tool that God is using. You know, you think of something like sandpaper, and we often use the idea of sandpaper in a negative way. We say, well, oh, you know, my my hands, my skin is like sandpaper. And we mean that in a negative way. But sandpaper, actual sandpaper, in the right context is super valuable. When you need to remove a rough area, you need to remove um, a piece of wood, something that is going to cause splinters. <laughs> well, that sandpaper then is valuable. That, that roughness that is not good when it's on your skin is great when it's actually on sandpaper and used as a tool. So God uses your trials. God uses your difficulties as tools to grow you, to rub off the rough edges, to shape you. Uh, I had a friend in college that got into wood carving. And it's really interesting. I looked at it and got, well, it seemed kind of dangerous. He's using lots of sharp tools, but he also used a lot of sandpaper. He used a different tool depending on what he was planning to do. So he could carve. In the beginning, he started with like just a knife. But as he got more into it, you know, a knife is a flat blade. He realized there were things that he struggled to do well with only a knife, so he bought chisels. And he had chisels that were rounded in different uh, kinds of curves, V-shaped, 
straight. So he had this set of seven or eight chisels and was able to carve like a chess set. And he's carved all of those details in the chess set and then used sandpaper to clean up the, the places he wanted round and smooth and used the V-shaped chisel to dig in where he needed a groove. So he chose his tool depending on what he was trying to do as he made this chess set. Recognize that that's what God's doing in your life. He is using the different tools, the different trials, the different struggles to do something in your life. Welcome that. Don't run from that. Look for the lesson. Now, when we get past the Galatians 5, get into Galatians 6, let's look at verses 7 to 10. It says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially those who are of the household of faith. Now, I think this is interesting coming after the fruit of the Spirit because it does remind us of some of our intention. You know, we it does tell us that it's going to be tiring. And it, it says here, don't be weary doing good. Um, what you're doing can be exhausting. It can be tiring. It can be painful. But remember why you're doing it. And in this context, Galatians, this is something that Paul talks about right uh, often. And Jesus used this analogy too, where we're talking about sowing. Well, if you think about the farmer, it takes effort to prepare a field for the seed, to sow the seed, to weed. All the aspects of farming take effort. And that effort, it takes time. It's a process. You know, it takes months from preparing the field to planting to maintaining it and eventually harvesting. So the reminder here is it is a time-consuming process, but don't don't grow weary while you're doing good, while you're doing the right thing, because the harvest is still to come. Well, what I want us to think about here, you know, we mentioned that you can have various different priorities that can often be unclear, at least in our mind. Well, the, the challenge then is don't forget your why. Why are you being persistent? Why are you enduring? Why are you going through this? What are you doing? What is your eternal why? You, you always will have tests that force you to consider what's Im- important. You'll always have conflicting and competing priorities. It's going to be a struggle. That's just the way that life is. Remember that the struggle is worth it. You know, we said God uses those trials in your life to grow you, to prepare you. Jesus is working you to make, working in you to make you like himself. The struggle is real because the struggle is the way that he grows you. This is the vehicle of your growth. In the midst of the trial, you have the opportunity to grow. And in the midst of the trial, even as you're being shaped and being uh, sanctified, 
God invites you to join in the work that He is doing, the work that uh, Christ initiated through uh, the founding of the church in Acts. And as Paul writes about the church going and doing the work of the ministry, we have the opportunity to join His church in carrying out this eternal work, to be, as Paul talked about, ambassadors for Christ. The struggle is real. It's both a struggle that is for ourselves as we are trying to grow and as God is growing us, but there's also the struggle. There's a very real enemy. Uh, there's a very real spiritual battle going on. We have to understand that sometimes the trials in our life are part of the spiritual battle, but even then, God is able to use that spiritual battle for His purposes to grow you and to glorify Himself. So we have to look at our life and look at all those things that are going on and see that eternal perspective. God is doing something, and He's doing something great, and He is perfectly capable of using every aspect, every trial, every struggle. It's it's never out of His control. It's never out of His hands. So don't forget the why. God is sanctifying us. That's part of our why. That's why we want to go through this struggle well. But also, God has invited us to be part of this eternal um, ministry of reconciliation as ambassadors for him. He is building his church and he is using us, his church, to do that. So remember what God is doing and remember your part in it. And the last one, you know, we mentioned that we can often face opposition, whether it's from family and friends or people who are around us that maybe criticize our choices and don't live life the way that we do. Remember that you're never alone. You know, God is doing something, and Christ has promised to give you the power to do it and to go through it with you. He doesn't always take us out of the trial, but He promises to go through the trial with us. Uh, That's important. So even when the people around you don't understand why you would consistently choose Jesus, it's important to understand that Uh, They may not want to walk through your trial with you. They may not understand your choices. Uh, They may criticize your choices. But if you're seeking to be true to God's Word and you're following Him, you have worked intentionally to deny yourself, to take up your cross and follow Him. You don't do that alone. He walks with you. He is always with you. And He will walk with you through your darkest night. That should be incredibly comforting to all of us. You know, the one who is preparing us for eternity and fellowship with him is right now walking through us in every trial that we face and is himself um, safeguarding our passage and preparing us for eternity. He is right now giving us, he's given a spiritual gift and he is guiding our usage of those gifts in His church and in the world to accomplish His purpose in our life and through our life. That is awesome. So keep keep you going, even when it's difficult. It may be a marathon, it may feel like a sprint, but don't stop. Well, thank you for joining me today. We've talked about this journey, this struggle that we're all on. Well, write me and let me know how you're doing at staying focused and motivated to keep on keeping on when it's difficult, because it very often is difficult. If you'd like, write me at norman at runwithhorses.net and share your story of how God's working your life. It may not be easy, 
but it has value. So keep running. <laughs>